You're listening to episode number 20 of Strike the Match. In this episode, I talk about the art of vision casting for multiplication. In a time when many people are talking about church planting, I want to take a step backwards and I want to ask the question, how do we prepare our churches for leading them to the field to be involved in church planting at the end of the day? So with that in mind, let's... Welcome to Strike the Match with pastor and missiologist, Dr. J.P. Strike the Match is a podcast that addresses matters related to missions, innovation, and leadership. Now here's J.P. Hey guys, thanks so much for checking out this episode of Strike the Match. I am honored every time you guys uh, check this out, and I thank you. Thank you very much for for doing so. Uh, Hey, I also want to say thanks to those of you guys that have have shot me emails and uh, other words along the way uh, related to uh, Strike the Match as a podcast series. Uh, So much appreciate your words of encouragement, and it's a blessing to be able to hear how the Lord has uh, been using uh, this resource to assist you in uh, the work that He's called you to. And so I just want to give a shout out out to those of you guys that have made that little additional effort to to uh, give me a word of encouragement. I appreciate that. Uh, as you guys know that are podcasters or uh, do other uh, ministries where it's you sitting in a room by yourself or in front of a microphone and there is uh, no one else in the room except for tonight I see my cat asleep over there in the chair uh, you sometimes wonder all right is uh, this having any uh, you know influence on others and helping them assisting them uh, in in the journey that the Lord has has called them to and so um, uh, your feedback uh, as you as you well know, if you're if you've ever been in that type of role in that type of ministry, you know feedback from the outside world is always greatly appreciated. So thanks, thanks so much. Um, in days to come, Lord willing, we've got some exciting guests on uh, the uh, the podcast uh, episodes. Uh, Patrick Johnstone will be uh, coming up. Uh, in days to come, and uh, a couple guys from Frontier Ventures, uh, different times. Uh, I've got uh, uh, Dave Datema on and Paul Dubinsky on. Uh, David Sills, a missiologist and professor at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky, a school where I taught at for, for a decade, uh, is on the show talking about a new book that he has coming out with InterVarsity Press this fall. I think you'll really enjoy uh, hearing from David and uh, learning about this new book. It's a great great book. It's an exciting book, and uh, I want you to be able to to hear about uh, his work. Uh, I believe I've got him scheduled. Uh, I believe I've got that podcast scheduled to release actually before the book's release date, so so you guys will be some of the first to hear uh, a little bit about that uh, conversation uh, on that book topic. And then um, I'll be doing several several uh, solo uh, topics as I'm doing uh, today on Strike the Match in the days to come. Next week, Lord willing, Mark Snowden will be our guest on the uh, program. Uh, Mark and I are talking about Bible storying and how do you minister, how do you communicate effectively to uh, people who are primarily oral based learners. In other words, they uh, choose, uh, prefer uh, not to read. Maybe they can't read. Um, How do you communicate to them? Uh, We're specifically talking about that type of ministry in a North American context. Uh, You've heard me talk on this program before about uh, such uh, ministry in other countries outside of North America, even outside of the Western world. But uh, but Mark and I spent some time talking about this, this matter in uh, the North American context. So you'll want to check that out next week, Lord willing. 
Um, August 21st, August 21st of this year, 2015, my uh, book, To the Edge, is scheduled to release, so I am excited about that. If I uh, was really high-tech in this um, this podcast uh, series, I would have all these really cool and also at times cheesy sound effects, and so I, I didn't get any drum rolls or anything like that to to make that announcement about this book, other than just to say August 21st. Mark your calendars uh, for that date. Uh, right now, the book, uh, To the Edge, is uh, available for pre-order through Kindle. Uh, it is not available uh, for pre-order as a hard copy. Uh, however, because you guys are listening to this podcast, you're actually the first to hear this. I have not even shared this on my blog yet. Uh, but... Um, um, I think I think that the book will actually be released uh, before August 21st. So so that's really exciting. I'm, I'm excited about that. So to the edge, reflections on kingdom leadership, mission, and innovation. Uh, I really hope you get a copy of this book. I hope you get a copy uh, for others in your uh, leadership circles or encourage them to get it as well because I think that it will be be something that will be very uh, challenging as well as encouraging uh, to you uh, and to your to your leaders as well. Um, also want to share with you guys, um, because you're listening to this podcast and um, and because uh, you uh, also check out my my blog as well, uh, the week, a few days after the book is released, um, I am going to put on my blog, uh, jdpain.org, uh, a discount code for uh, the book, and that will allow you to purchase the book at the hard copy, hard copy that is, it'll allow you to purchase the hard copy at a significantly uh, reduced uh, reduced rate, and I just want to do that to uh, just, again, show my appreciation to you guys uh, for listening uh, to Strike the Match and also checking out my blog as well. So um, it'll be it'll be uh, on my blog. I don't know when uh, because I'm not exactly certain the, the specific date other than August 21st when the uh, the book will be will be coming out. Uh, but I'll be updating everyone on on my blog and on Twitter as well. So check it out. All right. Well, with that in mind, let's talk about uh, today's topic, and that is the uh, art of vision casting for for church planting or for church multiplication. Uh, as I mentioned in the intro, a lot of people today are are talking about church planting and are involved in church planting, but but I know a lot of churches are still not involved uh, in church planting. And um, what I want to do in this episode is I, I really want us to, to take a step backwards, and I, I want us to, to really ask the question, so how do we prepare churches uh, to be involved in church planting uh, when it specifically comes to the notion of how do you cast that vision to them? How do you, how do you open the eyes of people to this ministry that, for many, uh, this ministry is strange, it's, it's foreign, it's something that is oftentimes misunderstood, and, and so that's that's what I want to talk about today. And I want to give you guys five steps, five steps when it comes to to casting a vision for church multiplication uh, before your congregation. Uh, now I, I want to direct you uh, back several weeks to episode number twelve. I think it was episode number twelve. Episode number twelve uh, in um, this series in, in, on Strike the Match. Uh, I did a podcast. Uh, I believe it was titled uh, "Your Church is Closer to Church Planting Than You Probably." think. And so the information that's in there, 
uh, I think would be very helpful for you to listen to after hearing this one. So I kind of put the cart before the horse, uh, but there are things that I touched on in episode 12 that uh, I don't have time to address uh, in addition to vision casting in a single podcast episode. So I'll direct you back to, to that episode, Your Church is Closer to Church Planting Than You Probably Think. So um, with all that in mind, let's kind of think about this, Proverbs chapter 20, verse number 5. Proverbs chapter 20, verse number 5. In the New American Standard, uh, the passage reads, A plan in the heart of a man, excuse me, let me start over again. Sorry, my voice is really, um, my throat's really dry because allergies, uh, I'm assuming, and uh, it doesn't help to drink a lot of water right now, uh, and if I did, I would be making a lot of sounds in front of this microphone, so please excuse me, my voice is cracking uh, tonight as I make this recording. Uh, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 5, a plan in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding draws it out. Plan in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding draws it out. So, in this verse, the, the, the writer reminds us of the importance of having knowledge in regard to moving one's plans out of the deep recesses of the heart to the surface where we can actually carry out those plans. I think this proverb has much to say about vision casting, uh, casting or drawing out that vision from our heart um, so that others can take ownership in it, uh, that they can understand not only the vision, but also how to move forward in carrying out this vision. I think it ha- has has a lot to do with the leader being a person of understanding and knowing how to move forward. And 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 so kind of with, with that in the background, I, I want us to think about, about this notion of how do we move from that which is is within our hearts, how do we move it to the surface, how do we communicate it in such a way uh, that connects with people that are in our churches to be able to lead them on mission to be involved in in church planting. Uh, A few weeks ago, Sarah and I were celebrating our 20th anniversary. See, there there at that point in time, that would be when I'd push a button and I'd have really some cool music or applause in the background. But because I am very low-tech, um, you don't get all that cool stuff with uh, with Strike the Match. Um, but yeah, 20, 20 years. And uh, we took a few days and we went to New York. And while we were there, we uh, we visited a couple of, of art museums. Now, as you go through these art museums, uh, you come across, for example... Um, paintings of different style, different genre, if you will, even within the art world, the, the, the visual medium world, if you will. So you have still life. You sort of had the still life type paintings where when you look at a bowl of fruit, it's very easily, it's very easy to understand that it's a bowl of fruit. The, the lines are very sharp. The borders and the edges are very crisp. And, and you can tell very much that, that is a banana. That indeed is, is an apple. Uh, they call it still life. But then, as you wander around these uh, these museums, you come across artists uh, that uh, that were really uh, painting in, in more modern uh, and abstract kind of expressions, such as uh, as Kandinsky, um, whereby uh, you look at the things that are on the um, on the canvas, and it's like, what in the world is that? I mean, that that, that looks like a pyramid, uh, and I th- I think I see a square there in different colors, and you know, some swirly lines and. I'm not really certain what what that is, uh, and and on that, and those things fall into, into the, the the category of abstract uh, uh, art. And then you you turn the corner in some of these museums, and you come into the impressionistic uh, areas of the museum, and so you you find people like Monet, and uh, you you stand close to the canvas, 
and it's really hard to, to, to tell what he has painted. Um, however, you can see uh, that there are clearly all these, these, these brush strokes on the canvas, um, fanning out, feathered together, if you will, and different colors. But as you, as you step back a few feet from the canvas, you, you begin to see, oh, wow, um, these aren't just smudges. Uh, I can tell that that is a barn and that's, that's a bird sitting on a fence. And, you know, those are water lilies. Uh, that's a bridge. That's, that's actually a, a little girl standing there and some flowers. Uh, and, and so the, the impressionistic piece, if you get too close, you really can't recognize what it is. You step back, you, it, all, it all bleeds together, and you can see, wow, even though the lines aren't very defined, like on the still life, this stuff's clearly not abstract, and I can really understand what what is being painted before me. That, that kind of imagery is something that I want you to hang on to when you think about vision casting uh, before your people, because vision casting is really more art than science. I know there are all kinds of books out there that are on the topic of, of vision and casting vision, things of that nature, but, but, but there's a lot to it that is, that is the artistic side of bringing that out of your heart, communicating it to the people that you're leading, and helping them be able to say, yes, I do see myself fitting into that, helping them discern is this of the Lord? Yes, I do see that the Spirit is in this and leading in this, and and helping them to to be able to to own it, to grasp it, to hold on to it. If you approach the vision casting for church planting before your people, like painting a still art piece of, of painting, or or, or 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 that vision, excuse me, if you will, that that painting, if you will, that you put before your people, if it if it's something that is that is still life you're going to end up losing some of your people. So, for example, um, we as leaders tend to, to paint in uh, paint pictures, mental pictures in our own mind and, and, and verbal pictures before others with great detail uh, because of our passions, because of our educational backgrounds, because of the way we think, the way we're wired. And, and oftentimes, if we paint things before our people with great detail, we end up losing some of the people because the details that we're focused on are details that are tightly wed to our passions and our interests and the things of our our hearts. However, we oftentimes will, will, will overlook the details of what we're communicating to people because those things, while important, very important, they're just not the things that, that, that connect with our gifts, with our passions, with our interests. However, there are people in our congregations that need to connect at those points really well where you and I don't connect at those points very well. And so to paint a, to paint a picture of church planting before your people with an incredible amount of detail, with an incredible amount of, of, of specificity, will oftentimes calls you to 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 see help people or, or lead people to think well I just can't be involved because it's just not connecting with me I just don't see myself there if that's if that, man he's really specific and so that must be how it is and so I'm just I'm just not I'm just not feeling it I'm not owning it as I should I'm not going to get in the way and cause problems but it, I'm just not there 
However, if you don't paint the still life picture before your people when it comes to vision casting for church planting and what that looks like, do you want to paint something that's abstract before them? And I would say no. Because just as you stand at an art museum and you look at an abstract piece of art and you have no idea what in the world is on that canvas other than a square or a circle, and you don't know what it means, um, you don't want to cast a vision to your people that, that doesn't have some structure, doesn't have some substance behind it, that is something that's just so loosey-goosey, uh, all squishy like jelly. Uh, they're going to begin to think, man, this guy doesn't have a clue what he's talking about and, and, and where he's saying that we need to go. And, and you're going to lose a lot of people. You're going to probably lose more people if you cast a vision kind of in that abstract vein uh, than you would uh, if you cast the vision sort of in that still art, highly detailed vein. Um, if you're going to err on one of those two, I would say err on the side of the still life uh, when you cast vision before your people. But, but I would say that there is another way, one that I think is even better uh, than the still life or the abstract kind of painting that you set before your people as a vision of where you need to go in church planting. And that is to be more impressionistic. Uh, so the impressionistic picture is the one that has those brush strokes that when you're standing against the canvas, close to the canvas, you don't see detailed lines like you do and clearly are able to understand, hey, that's a banana, that's an apple, that's an orange. You have to take several steps back. And when you take those steps back, you begin to take in the big picture, you begin to see how it all kind of comes together and you realize, wow, I do see, uh, you know, that, you know, that is a sky and I do see that is a tree and I do see that as a bird. And, and you begin to realize that um, the artist was trying to communicate a, a very specific kind of way, but doing so to leave an impression upon the viewer. And, and that is where the art comes into vision casting as a leader when it comes to church multiplication with your people. Because you have people in your churches that have different passions, they have different interests, they have different abilities, they have different talents, and here's where it's very key and very critical to understanding your context and understanding your church and understanding the people that are there. Because they have this, this, this diversity that is there, you need to be able to communicate in that impressionistic sort of way that gives enough detail to say to your church, this is what it means when we talk about church planting, and this is what the big picture looks like, and this is sort of how we need to begin to move forward in this direction. And allow them to begin to, to absorb that painting, if you will. Allow them to be able to, to look at their gifts and their passions and their talents and, and the things that, that really excite them, and they begin to say, wow, I can see myself in that. I could see myself as a part of that picture. I could see myself as a part uh, of, of that journey uh, because, I, you know, I, I can understand how I can fit into this process. Again, it's an art. It's more art than science. And there are challenges that are there. Uh, but, I, but I want you to kind of keep that idea in mind in, in the next few moments as I talk about the steps involved in the process of casting vision. So... Vision casting for multiplication paints a picture of the possibilities that can occur by God's grace. Vision casting for multiplication allows each member of your church, 
with, again, their diversity of gifts and personalities and interests and talents for them to be able to, quote unquote, see where they can fit in and be part of carrying out that vision. Effective vision casting causes people to say, yes, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I can see our church in general being involved in this church multiplication process, and I can see myself in particular being involved in that process. So let's talk about five steps. Five steps involved in the process of casting a vision for church planting before your people. So here are some of the important steps to work through in the process uh, of this vision casting for your people. Number one, pray. Assuming that the vision from the Lord has been received, the vision must now be cast before the people. The first step in the vision casting process is to pray. Pray that as the vision is cast before the people, they will be receptive to that vision. Pray that God would be glorified in in the vision casting process. Uh, Pray that ungodly conflict related to uh, the vision will never exist. Pray for spiritual protection for both you and for the hearers. Pray that God will give you the necessary wisdom along the way to draw out that vision within your heart. Pray for patience as you cast the vision before the people, just as the Lord has been gracious to allow you to have time to mull over this vision for multiplication. Likewise, you need to extend grace to your people and allow them time to reflect and discuss and pray over the vision that you set before them. It's unfair, uh, and, and I would say it's even selfish, to have grasped the vision over a period of weeks, months, or even years for your church being involved in church planting, and then expect your church to grasp the vision within minutes or hours if they've never been involved before. Uh, If the Lord has given you that length of time uh, to be uh, brought along in this journey, that He's painted this picture into your heart, then as you paint that picture before your people, you need to be gracious to them and help lead them through that process of processing the vision uh, in uh, your heart that you're bringing to the surface. So after pray, number two, step number two, understand what communicates with your people. Again, going back to what I said a moment ago about knowing your people and knowing your context. Step two, understand what communicates with your people. So second, understand the people to whom the vision is being cast. Who are these people? What do they like and dislike? What are their educational levels? What are their backgrounds? Uh, An intimate knowledge of the people provides the vision caster, provides you with a better foundation on which to contextualize the vision for the people. For example, knowing that a group of individuals grasps ideas better through interpersonal communication rather than through a lecture will affect the way you cast a vision to that particular people. So what is it that communicates best with your people? Maybe your people are primarily visual learners, and they need videos before them. They need things acted out before them. Uh, maybe they um, need to to hear, and which most people do, they need to hear the vision uh, communicated at a variety of different, in a variety of different ways, in a variety of different mediums. So, what communicates best to your people? Is it that you mention it from the pulpit, and then? You make sure all your Sunday school teachers or small group leaders um, take that vision that week and share it and begin to talk with 
members of their small groups uh, about it. In other words, in your church, in your context, what communicates best? Know what communicates best and work through that means to continue to cast this vision of your church being involved in church planting. Number three, know the possibilities. Number three, know the possibilities. So part of the vision casting process includes educating oneself and the church to what the Spirit has shown both historically and in contemporary societies to be a possibility for church multiplication. People need to know and see what the Spirit has done and continues to do through His church. If they've not seen it, if they're not aware of it, if they haven't heard about this notion of of church multiplication, then you need to educate them. You need to bring them along that journey. What has the Spirit done? What is the Spirit right now doing? I would say begin this step with a study of the Scriptures. And as you study, constantly ask the following questions. What was the role of the Spirit in the apostolic church? There in the book of Acts, for example. Uh, What did the Spirit enable the believers to accomplish in regard to a disciple-making movement? What was required of believers to be used by the Spirit in such a movement of churches that planted churches, that planted churches across the world? So take some time. Also, after you examine the Scriptures, so take some time to examine what has the Spirit done throughout church history uh, during times in which rapid disciple-making has occurred, uh, resulting in the planting of numerous churches. Uh, when I wrote Discovering Church Planting, I, I included uh, three chapters on history, one on uh, the early Moravians, one on the early Methodists, and one on uh, Baptists on the American frontier. And part of the reason why I did that was to, to capture uh, what the Spirit did in days past so that the contemporary reader of the book would would be able to understand, hey, this concept, this notion of what we've been talking about, this isn't just something that's in the book of Acts, but we, we see even in church history the Spirit doing these these works whereby uh, the, the disciples are being made and churches are, are being being planted across a, across a population segment, across a people group. So even if you don't agree with different theologies behind some of these groups, Look at what the Spirit has done. Look at what has taken place and bring your people along on that journey. Uh, Examine what the Spirit is doing among churches throughout the world in what is commonly referred to as church planting movements. Uh, David Garrison wrote a book a few years back, several years back now, called uh, Church Planting Movements. Uh, Take a look at what the Spirit is doing in in modern times. In many countries, the church is is witnessing an extremely rapid rate of reproduction in which churches are planting churches through evangelism that is primarily being carried out by non-professional clergy. Uh, It's not uncommon to hear of a handful of churches multiplying into scores of churches with hundreds of new believers all within a few years. So not only look at history, not only look at Scripture, but also look at, 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 at recent times as well, recent history, if you will. Compare your biblical study with the church planting movements that have occurred since the days of the apostles. So when we look at the book of Acts, when we look at what's happened in history, when you look at what's happened in recent days, what characteristics of the rapid growth of the apostolic church can be found in the times of rapid growth of the church throughout the years? What are the understandings of the nature of the church and the nature of church leadership among the believers in the scriptures and also among believers who have participated in church planting movements throughout history? 
some good questions to ask to kind of educate yourself uh, in this uh, in this process. So number one was pray. Number two was understand what communicates with your people. Number three, know the possibilities. And then number four, recognize the barriers. Recognize the barriers. Recognition of the barriers to church multiplication must be taken into consideration both before the vision is cast and during the vision casting process. The Lord may provide the vision, but we may hinder the fulfillment of that vision by allowing our cultural expectations to overrule the vision. When God speaks, we must always allow our traditions to bow to His Lordship. Since church multiplication is such a foreign concept to some, radical cultural barriers must be understood and overcome before an effective vision can be cast and appropriated by the people. So, what are some of the barriers that you anticipate facing when you cast this vision to your people? It would help for you to make a list, for you to think through, uh, share these with some of your leaders. What are some of the things in your context, in your setting, uh, that would be barriers that you anticipate? So be proactive in that. Then finally, number five, a fifth step in the vision casting process is to communicate the vision redundantly to always be communicating the vision to your people. So if the leaders of your church are not behind the vision and willing to work to fulfill that vision, then it is highly unlikely the rest of the church will be supportive of the vision. So begin with your church leadership in the process of vision casting. As much as possible, keep the vision before the leaders. Equip them to keep the vision before the rest of the church. Develop creative ways to communicate the vision to the leadership of the entire church. Take your leaders on a weekend retreat, for example. Spend time in prayer, Bible study, discussion concerning the vision. Make the vision part of your sermons. Let it be a part of your small groups, part of your classes, your new members training or new members orientation, your, your church bulletins, your home gatherings, your newsletters, casual conversations with the church. Find ways to communicate the vision on an ongoing basis. Be redundant about it. So these five steps um, are part of the process to help paint a picture uh, before your people, one that is not too detailed about the church planning process that you would scare some away and turn them off, or a picture that is too abstract, too nebulous, uh, that your people wouldn't understand what you're talking about, and the steps to get there. But these, these steps are to help you think through the process of painting a picture and lie, laying it out there before your people that they could understand what the Lord is doing, understand how they could fit in, understand how they can be a part of making disciples of all nations through, through church planting by what you're sharing with them and giving them that impression of that which is within the heart of the leadership of the church giving them that impression, giving them those, those abilities to, to be able to see uh, the unseen, to be able to, to smell that which is not in existence just yet, and for them to be able to say, yes, we can be a part of that, and yes, we can move forward. 
Guys, I hope that this uh, podcast has been of some assistance to you as you think about vision casting. Uh, You can uh, take these uh, and probably apply them to other areas of of ministry and leadership in general. Uh, But I wanted to specifically uh, share these with you related related to the topic of of church planting. So take these, use these. I hope that uh, the Lord would use these in in great ways through your ministry. You guys take care. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Strike the Match with J.D. Payne. You can find J.D. on Facebook or follow him on Twitter at J.D. underscore Payne. And if you'd like to check out more books, posts, and podcast episodes, visit jdpain.org. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And we'd be honored if you would consider rating us or leaving comments. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope you'll join us next time.